my understanding of it is the starting point will be like a weekend program, maybe done on a Saturday or Sunday, done at this uh, location in San Francisco called the Secret Garden. Um, then, and there will be like things you'll be working on in terms of gardening or farming or agriculture, but also there'll be a, an academic strand of you can learn science or math. Like, like and that's the role that I would play in that in, at that place would be if there were parents who on a Saturday or Sunday needed tutoring, um, that could be a person who's homeschooling like they are, or a parent who's has their kid in the system, but feels like their kid isn't learning anything. Um, they could come and, and come there and, and get assistance from somebody who might know that. And also it, it, it was clear to me that this, like Dea said, it was a, there will be a chance for me to learn what would education be like if I were free? How, what would, what would, teaching and learning be like if I was actually in a, in free as, as opposed to, as I've come to see as teachers, uh, a kind of lower level priesthood of indoctrinators, which is what we are, you know, that's what we played during the role. That really was exposed to me during this COVID time um, is we are low level, not high level priests, low level priests of indoctrination. Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Eastern Socialist Andy Lipson, rising teacher Jessica, and community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda. We are online at what-s-left.webno.com. You can find that link to our blog in the episode notes. <clears throat> you can also find our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZEKE on Instagram and Jess's Twitter handle as jhomie89. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on, your, turn on your notifications, and share share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Let's discuss today's discussion. We'll, we'll, the topic of today's discussion will be uh, an interview with a longtime organizer and very strong advocate, family advocate, Dea uh, Deanira, um, who we had we've had on uh, what's left before. Uh, to discuss the reopening of schools, to discuss various subjects such as uh, immigration, um, her advocacy, uh, as well as give me a the the fact that her school was collapsing around mm -hmm. her. Yes, and as well as uh, uh, one of the strong uh, organizing groups in the Mission District, Comité de las Madres Abiyala de la Misión or Committee of the Mothers of the Yala of the Mission, uh, as well as her founding organization, uh, Intregarte, which has been a project of Dea for a very long time and that we've discussed in a previous uh, interview with Dea. Yeah. So welcome, Dea. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here again. <laughs> yes, it's always a pleasure having you and we're excited to uh, this uh, ongoing relationship we have with you and uh, organizing effort that you've also had uh, with Andy uh, on, on outside, offline of what's left. And I hope that we can discuss uh, further developments of what you've been doing since we've last spoken. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. So maybe I can start. Um... So I guess uh, we've, we've discussed a number of topics, you know, related to, I guess, the COVID response first, right? And then, um, you know, the, the issues regarding schooling, 
uh, was the last episode we recorded with you um, and uh, your observations of having your kid, your kid uh, back in school and, and the, the challenges that came up about that. And so I think today we're, we're interested in, in, in discussing the steps you've taken after that, uh, you know, last episode. And um, because you are homeschooling your kid uh, at the moment, right? And, and so yeah. we want to get into that and, and you know, get a sense of, of, of how that's going, what it has taken for you to you know, get to that point. And so maybe if you can share, you know, where are you at right now with your kid? Uh, what's happening with your kid uh, in terms of his education? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's right. I um, After a long year, last year, in person after the pandemic, uh, in personal school, which it was really a nightmare, um, I decided just to pull my kid out of the system. Uh, there was not... Oh, going to be a way that I'm gonna send my kid back to to to, to school, of course, to that school where he was attending, or any other school in the system. Um, I decided that I really didn't know how the homeschooling situation was going to be, but I the only thing I knew is that I'm not gonna send my kid back to school. That that was you know, that was the only thing that I I knew for sure. So after coming back from, from summer, um, I decided, I mean, I, I have been part of the different groups of the freedom, basically the freedom groups. One of those is uh, the group of, of families that are actually homeschooling even before, you know, before me. Um, and I did have... Um, an experience. I mean, I tried to to work with a few of those families. Um, you know, basically one family um, that was also doing the same thing. You know, trying to homeschool the, uh, one of his. I mean, yeah, he his teenager, the teenager um, son that this family had. That didn't work out. So I uh, basically ended up doing it alone. You know, by myself. Um, and Andy was helping me with, with that, guiding me, giving me some guidance uh, around what to follow, what to do, some resources about science and math. Um, and then uh, basically my strong support and my connection with people that are doing something different and getting kids out of school um, and creating new alternatives is basically people in Latin America. I am connected with a, a group, uh, not only a group of families that are doing this, a group of people that are already creating and building alternatives, but basically I am getting trained. trained. I'm studying uh, a three-year program in a university, which is, a, which is called Freedom University, to train the new or, or the adults that are going to be um, helping out supporting kids in their learning. It is not longer called teacher because we believe we don't teach, uh, we learn together with kids. And basically that's the way where we are right now. Everyone, we really need to be aware of everything that we have been teach or conditioned or not teach and then relearn we need to learn to unlearn and then learn again 
about almost about everything, right? Basically about the system and how we how we um in general have been have been stolen our lives, have been stolen our time and and you know the 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 just just learning that. I mean I think we are in, in, in the time in a time of transition for everything. And education is one of those, you know, systems that we are questioning and we are basically facing the collapsing of the system and our kids are the ones that are suffering. We are the ones that are suffering. And there's no other option uh, and for us. So we need to look for something else. Um, we, the working families, the working people, we don't have the financial resources to just switch to a private school as easily as the, the people who have money. And in most cases, not even that um, option is really a good fit for us. So we really need to to be building something new for us that can actually meet our needs. And you know, I just decided that I, I I'm gonna do it. And and that was the reason why I joined the program in Latin, in Latin America. And we are studying together. We are learning together, basically. And. Uh, it's interesting because I'm getting, I'm learning from people that have been doing this for decades in other countries, and I'm learning from, you know, it's it's the move is, I, I think I feel it's as a movement that is growing, and I'm very excited about that um, because I'm here in the United States and I can also keep being the voice for our community and for our families so we can <clears throat> we can communicate what's going on and what's happening in, in our community. Okay, I well, I have a couple questions, but I think maybe I'll just start from like the more personal lens of like this really big decision that you made to actually pull your kid out and then maybe we can expand because I want to hear more about like the organization and more about um yeah, this process of kind of like unlearning in collaboration with other people, some who sounds like have been doing it a long time, and then other people who are maybe like just kind of jumping, jumping not into the deep end, I guess, um, like you are. But so I think we have, or I have a really clear sense, Dea, from the last episode and just hearing, you know, everything the past couple years about why the school system is unacceptable and why you would pull your kid out and like what you don't want from an education system. But I'm curious, like as a mom jumping into this, like what, what do like, what's your primary sort of, or starting out, I guess, when you first pulled your son out, like what was your primary goal in terms of what you do want to create, you know, either like, on a small scale, like immediate future or, cause I imagine it's really overwhelming. Like, oh, let me just, like, let me just teach all the subjects, you know, with your, I'm sure unlimited free time. It's not like you're, you know, organizing and, you know, working and all of this, right. Um, we're all working with such limited resources, I feel like. Um, so yeah, like what, what is your like primary goal, um, with the homeschooling? Okay, um, the main reason uh, for me to 
to take this decision and to pull my kid out of the school is his his safety safety. So for me, just the fact that I had my kid here and he's no longer has to go to a place that's unsafe. And I don't have to be worried about if he's doing okay or is not okay. Um, most of the time, basically during the school, uh, this last year, uh, during the in-person year of school, I I was not, I couldn't, we couldn't really focus uh, on the, the academic progress or what's learning or not nothing, not even, I mean, that's basically the situation is so horrible that the school, it, this 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 system, it became a, something different because that's not even within the system what a school should be. A school is, is supposed to be an institution where the kids go, quote unquote, to learn. We are now know that they are not learning. The, the, they are not learning what they need. They are learning to obey and to follow instructions. They Basically, they are being indoctrinated, but we didn't even have that, right? We just had a place that's full of violence and the violence that's coming from the institution because they are not even providing the resources that they are supposed to provide because they are taking our money from the taxes. And we didn't have that. We didn't have teachers. Teachers were absent for weeks and kids were um with um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, I, I even forgot the, the name for the substitutes. Yeah, kids work with substitutes that usually didn't even know about you know the subjects or anything. They they didn't even have experience to to work with kids, um, and especially kids from the brown and black community. Uh, kids were were completely I, I mean in, in my opinion kids and parents we were basically um completely disrespected and treated with mm, completely mistreated mistreated um so i don't i i cannot call that school that's not a school and the sad part is that many people many even many uh, kids, and no, not kids, young people from here, because I'm not from here and I am an immigrant, right? They told me this has been happening for decades. I mean, that's how the system treats brown and black students. It's just that, you know, I'm learning right now. It, of course, it was worse after the pandemic, but this is the situation. This is what happens with black and brown students. And that was completely unacceptable. I mean, I, I, I couldn't leave my kid in an environment like that, in an institution that is just basically a pre-jail system. But can you yeah. also then answer the question of what you were hoping to come out of the experience, though? Oh, that was that. That basically was my first, my the main, the main um, purpose to have my kids safe, and then to have the time to be learning, right? Learning. And, and he really loves math. And the, I didn't even know where he is in math, what he learned, what he's, where is the, where is the progress? What happened? We knew that during the Zoom, they didn't learn anything. Nothing happened during that time. 
only you know depression and isolation, but not learning at all. So my goal was to go back to pre-COVID and start, you know, learning what he knows, what he doesn't know, what he wh- where we where we are because we don't we didn't even know where where they are, right? Uh, teachers, as I told you, the 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 horrible situation at school. Of course, there was no communication. Teachers never answered the emails. I mean, it was just really bad. So that was my goal to start helping and helping my kid to just to get a base of from where we are, where we are and where we can keep going. Right. So then we had the discussion with Andy and just figuring out how am, am I going to do this eighth grade level when I don't even know. I mean, the only last thing I knew from a teacher was when he was in fifth grade before the pandemic. So figuring that out, it was basically the, the two first months. And then from there, um, we had the meeting with Andy. We have been discussing about that. You helped me with resources. And uh, I, I basically I think I was lucky that my son really loves math and he enjoys doing math. So I just started working, doing the work, working, printing out the material and working with him. and then. I did have some resources, some materials in Spanish that I brought um, back from Ecuador, um, the, the level that he should be reading in, 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 in Spanish, right? For math, for science, but in Spanish. So I did have that, but I needed also to get those resources in English because the education is supposed to be in English. Um, that, that helped me a lot. And then I have been finding other resources little by little. So now we are doing, now is some more relaxed time, but now I know that we need to be reading, writing, and doing math. And I think we have figured, uh, we, we did figure this um, out together. Um, and we also are, you know, we learned that, oh, I'm learning. Uh, that if we do like 30, 45 minutes with Matt, then he moves to do music. He's getting ready for, he wants to apply for the School of Arts and is gonna do it uh, for music. So he is just practicing and getting ready for his audition. But more than anything, what I saw is being in a relaxed and safe environment, he's learning, but after doing some of the academy work, some of math or writing, he moves to 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 the art thing, to music or building something with Legos, things like that. So I'm just learning, right? Learning and um, learning with him together. So we are learning together. Uh, it's interesting, Bea. You say you're trying. You you've taken your son out to school for his safety. Most people would wonder what kind of safety. I think you've laid out what was that those concerns you had in school. Uh, do you think that it would, what is your analysis of public education? Just, not just in your school, but like, let's move back, like not just from your school, but just in uh, public education as a whole. As a whole, okay. 
Um, through the training that I'm um, going right now the, this, uh, at this university, Universidad Libre in Argentina, we are discussing about all of those aspects and we all are learning uh, what the public system is and where it's coming from. Public system that we have here, uh, which is the same system that we have all over the world, is a, a system that was created 200 years ago uh, when the industrial revolution uh, happened and they needed workers. So they needed to train the workers for uh, the industry. Um, it, and it, 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 didn't change for 200 years. It, it is not, it has not changed. Um, so right now, you know, many, many people has been writing books about this, writing books about what education should be, um, why this education system is, is doing more damage than, than actually good. Um, and it, it and it goes to every single level of the system, right? What about curriculum? What about um, the teachers? What about how the complete system is, is, is working for the industry, for the corporations, for the elites, but not really for us because it's not, it's not teaching to think, it's teaching to follow orders, it's teaching to obey. And how is a system that is producing the workers and taking away your identity. It's not a system, it's, it's a system that kills creativity. It's a system that is telling you, you need, you, you, you need to forget about yourself. You need just to follow orders, right? And it's interesting to, to see how that system has worked. Very well, and and more than anything, one one of the for one of the the main people that ha, has been discussing about these things, and it's actually from Mexico. He he mentions in one of his uh, lectures that the public education system it is the most um, is the system that is maintaining the segregation and the discrimination in the system. And, and that's true. And right now, I, through my, my experience I, I, that I have faced here in San Francisco, I can say that that's true. And the data right now, I just, I'm, I'm just uh, reviewing the data. The, it's very new, the data about the, 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 the results after the test. The new data that we have, the 2022 data, is reflecting that. We have the African-Americans and the Latinos at the very bottom of that, um, you know, that graphic, where it's reflecting what is happening and how the system keeps the brown and black people down. Um, only 70 only 70 percent of the students, the African-American students, have uh, met the standards for English, and only nine percent of the African American students have met the standards for math. Um, for the Latinos, only twenty-eight percent of the students have met the English standards, 
and only 18% of the students that uh, Latin students have met the math um, standards. Um, Asian and white students, 70% of the students have met English, you know, and around the same percentage for math. So we see, I mean, the data is there and it's all, always the same after year, year after year is the same. So it's like for people that do not really want to see what it is, I don't know what else they want. That's the proof. That's the proof. So it's completely proven that the system is not working for people of color uh, and it's time for a change. Um, I guess the question I have is, so part of me for this episode is thinking that it's kind of for parents who are thinking of potentially leaving the system to themselves and, and homeschooling. Um, so based on your own experience in starting the homeschooling process and experience, what, what are some of the crucial things that, that, a, that a parent who's considering that needs to be prepared for? What are some of the things you, what, what kind of advice would you give them in getting started so that they could be successful? Um, parents are, and I was very, very afraid um, at the beginning because you you don't you don't really know what is going to be. I mean, you are the parents really want to for their kids the best for their kids. They want them to have education because that's the belief that, and that's basically the lie that we have that that if you get education, you will be doing better, which is actually not true. I mean. That's basically something that we, the ones that um, had education, uh, are facing also right now. I mean, many of us have gone to the university. We have university level studies, but the, what they promote, the, the promises that they said, if you go to a, a university, you will you will be better, and that's not true. So that's one thing. So parents in general, and especially for the working families here, uh, are very afraid. They're very afraid because they really believe that um, giving education uh, to the kids, it will be um, the way to have a better life. And that's the reason why the immigrants are here, to give a better life to our kids, right? So we really need to educate parents and education is basically going through the same uh, training that I'm going through right now learning from other other people that have been doing this for decades now um, people in for example people in Nicaragua that have been working building an alternative education since the 80s when the war for revolution was happening it was you know that that happened at basically because of that, because of the, the living conditions of the people and the, the you know, the imposition from, from the empire that is just making our lives miserable. So I have, I have met people in other countries in Latin America that are already working and doing that experience and it's beautiful. So that's what we need to do. We need to be building but for us we need to build it, it, when I had a question from someone else a group of homeschool people that are doing in Berkeley and I was joining them about 
we were discussing about this, right? What what is how they feel, what they 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 want. The homeschool people, the homeschool families usually feel very isolated because it's a very isolating thing. And I would say, I told them, if I could, I could not do a homeschooling. If I could have more people, I could have a community, a learning community where we can work together and learn in, com in a community because the homeschooling is not really for me and it's not really the solution for, for us. We need to have a community, a learning community, and that's something that we need to be building together. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, for my son, he, of course, he doesn't want to do homeschooling. He wants to go back to school because he wants to be with friends. I mean, that's happening with the teenager um, age kids. They want to be with their kids. They want to be with friends. I mean, it's the age that you want to be with friends. You don't want to be at home. You don't want to be with your parents anymore. But he understands that we need to do this for these years so he can get he can be actually learning, right? And getting ready for, for his application for the high school time. So I, I'm just curious, like in this program that you're doing, are some of those people, like the more experienced ones, for instance, are they coming from a place where they have not just homeschooled their kids, but they've done it in like more of a cooperative, collaborative yes. setting? And, yes. and what, like, I'm sure it ranges, but what does that look like? I'm assuming the program's online because you said it's in... Yeah, the, yeah, this program is online, online, but um, every single one of those, I mean, the students are some, some of them are already working in some program or are trying to build something or they are parents that, you know, like myself, are doing this because we want to basically take... Uh, the education on our own hands. I mean, our kids' education, right? Um, but the, the instructors and the people who are putting together this program, they are people with experience. They have been building um, freedom schools or commu learning communities in different places. Yes, yeah, they are. They have experience in this. So um, I'm curious as to you know, any sort of difficulties with, um, you know, like the forces of the state, you know, because like, um, you know, I, I was just thinking of, of, of people like Kamala Harris, our vice president, that how she once was uh, flaunting her power, you know, in persecuting parents that didn't take their kids to school. So, you know, I'm curious about like, maybe the legal or logistical yeah. aspects, like who do you have to report to? Do they still have an eye on you, like the state, or how does that work? No, in, in California, I mean, there are legal, certain legal uh, things that you need to do. Um, but uh, in the United States and in California, homeschooling is legal. It's your right, and you can do it. You just need to know how to do it. So there are... Um, letters that you need to send you need to file an affidavit um you need to get all the records from your kid i mean yes you need to tell them that you are on enrolling your kid because your kid will be you know there are certain things that you need to do but it's nothing difficult you just need to do it you know just file some paperwork and that's it 
and I do have a follow-up question on that um, because you know, like, uh, like you talked about, you know, the system is built for a purpose, you know, like for to to prepare workers for exploitation, basically, you know, yeah, that in this show, and so you're talking about your kid going back to school, right? Like a, a more formal setting. Um, yeah. and so, and then there's still t testing that he has to be subjected to or is not it right now. No. Um, because we are doing still middle school is, is not, you know, it's not that, um, that, that, that streak of that heart. If he could be, let's say he does he's, he keeps homeschooling for high school then if he wants to go for college then yes he, they, they need to do the testing but for middle schools no uh there so i i you said that you're trying this year but then your son will go into uh a public school for high school yeah um why not continue homeschooling? Uh, because he doesn't want it. I'm I telling see. you, this is the high school. I mean, it's already the yeah. ages that kids wants to be with friends. That's the reason why I'm working on building a learning community mm. so I can keep working on, you know, building this. And eventually, if, you know, he goes back and for some reason he doesn't like he can decide okay i can just go out again of this and you know it's just yeah. building building we need we really need to build what is going to be the alternative it's the same for the for the parents you can tell them you know you can explain everything but if they don't see something they won't do it because they are afraid they want to see something right so if you if you have something it, that's already working you can show them you can show them and you can say okay you don't need to be there if you don't want there is other options here's one of those mm -hmm. right yeah. yeah can you talk a little bit about your vision for the learning community i mean i feel like you've kind of given us like the broad brush strokes but yeah will you talk more about okay what, how you do that? Like, what you want to build okay and there is one uh, example that i can give you and probably you can also check it out online because i think they already have even a website my vision here is to be building a learning community that's um something like the uni tierra in oaxaca um and after after listening and and learning about different programs and different alternatives from Argentina, from Ecuador, from was well, from Mexico, at uh, this this one is the one that I I really I think is is the the one that it will be a very uh, good fit for us for the composition of the community here in, in San Francisco. And I um I, I wanna go there. I wanna after my kid is done with the audition for the School of Arts, I'm trying to plan. I mean, I'm planning to see if we can I I can take him there, or you know both of us can be learning different things. I mean, just to experience it, right, and to get even more connection and to really learn on the ground, at the field, how it is. Um, I'm connected through them with 
people here in California. There is an Unitierra Califas here, you know, we do have one. We are just getting connected and I'm very excited that we will be um, initiating the work Andy was already in a meeting with with him and um, with with um, one of the moms, and we discussed about the work that we want to do, and it's basically um, getting together and doing the work. We are we will be basically learning as it goes, right? That's how it is because something new is completely new. This is kind of an experiment. It's just like putting together the pieces and, okay, let's see what's going to happen. Nandi is one of those, <laughs> those pieces. <laughs> yeah, and the, just to put the, my understanding of it is the starting point will be like a weekend program, maybe done on a Saturday or Sunday, done at this uh, location in San Francisco called the Secret Garden. Um, and, and there will be like, things you'll be working on in terms of gardening or farming or agriculture, but also there'll be a, an academic strand of you can learn science or math. Like, like, and that's the role that I would play in that, in, at that place would be if there were parents who on a Saturday or Sunday needed tutoring, um, that could be a person who's homeschooling like they are, or a parent who's has their kid in the system, but feels like their kid isn't learning anything. Um, they could come and, and come there and, and get assistance from somebody who might know that. And also, it, it it was clear to me that this, like Dea said, it was a, there will be a chance for me to learn what would education be like if I were free? How, what would what would teaching and learning be like if I was actually in a, free as, as opposed to, as I've come to see as teachers, uh, a kind of lower level priesthood of indoctrinators, which is what we are, you know, that's what we played during the role. That really was exposed to me during this COVID time um, is we are low level not high level priests, low level priests of indoctrination. Um, and so I have, I feel like I need to learn like, and I'm hoping like in, in the, by participating in this, that I would be in a better situation to be able to participate in the kind of thing that day is talking about. Is there yeah, any interest from like, like teachers, like teacher teachers? I mean, obviously the role of the parent and the teacher starts to kind of um, merge, I imagine in these settings. Um, but is Andy like the rarity? Uh, as Andy said, we have been discussing about how to how to get to the parents that might be interested in leaving the system. But again, because of there's nothing out there, um, people do not do it. I mean, because they are afraid. So one of the things that we always have needed and now we need it even more than any other time is the tutoring and math tutoring english tutoring and we have been discussing about this from even from last year to create a tutoring program so we can help and we can actually bring the families right together because they it's, it's a need that we have so we are if we can meet that need, we can have the families together and we can start the discussion actually, because we really need to be, I think this is the the, the kind of a process of democratizing the, you know, the discussion about the around education, because at the school system, they don't listen to you. They don't care about you. They don't care about what you have to say. They, they, they don't want to have 
basically I film they have the kids as hostages. They don't they don't want to have anything to do with the parents. And just to say oh that question about the rarity, there's another person who I ran into, but again, there there are there are people in the freedom community who you'll run into who would who would be interested in doing this. In fact, that last Wisdom Warrior meeting I went to was one where I met another teacher who was in a um, in that Zoom call that I had with Dea, um, and she's an artist. Now her background is in architecture, but she worked and did art with students, and so she takes like essentially she takes things we would put in the trash and turns them into construction projects. Um, she can make wallets and clothing and bag. I mean, she can just do all sorts of things with plastic bags, um, and she also does some things with wood. And she she just she comes at it from very much from a materials standpoint, like not looking at it as just garbage, but what are the materials there, and then what could be built from it. Um, so we, she and I, when we met, talked about how we could combine her understanding of materials with the idea of doing science projects or even math projects. Um, could we integrate that into this? In, into this, but um, you know, like I think my feeling is is there's there's not many people in the institution of the priesthood that are thinking this way. It's all the people who've been kicked out. The second thing I would say is this person themselves, even though they're an experienced teacher, doesn't have a credential. So that credentialing program is part of, is part of that system that says you're in and you're out. Um, and credentialing is something that I think doesn't matter at all. But even though it doesn't matter at all, we do have more people that really have credentials they have the, the, the all certifications and they don't want that anymore and they have been working to change and to help the ones when the ones that have been working hard to change this so we do have another another of the uh, persons so the part of the team is one of the teachers from luminary village and then the new person, the one that you met, he is a um, university teacher. So actually, there are many, many people that, it's just that I think we are so dispersed. And through this, that's the reason why I'm calling this a learning community, because I think it's a way to be connecting, connecting, connecting the people that are doing something to change this because we know that is not working. Yeah, so you you um so you're part of the Comité de las Madres Aviayala, correct? Uh, yeah. And de la Misión. Uh, how many other parents from that community are doing homeschooling? Like the is no, only, it's only me. It's only you. It's and only me. Yeah. How, how do they respond to you know this uh you know? step that you took like are they curious or what is their response uh, well they no actually they are not that curious about it um one of the moms has her middle schooler in a private school because of the same reasons right so she decided to take the kid to the private school because everybody knows that middle school is just, you know, that's that's the problem. Um, the other mom, she she is still she has the kids at Everett the school. It seems it's a little bit better, but it still is, you know, the same situation. But she 
you know, she's, that's the reason why I'm saying it. They, they are afraid. They are afraid. They know, they see what's going on, but they are afraid. Um, when we had this meeting and we were discussing, we have been having some meetings to keep moving with this. She said, um, right now, maybe, I mean, this, what, what you are doing right now, families might not, uh, might not think that, that is, it might not have the impact right now on the families, but it will have in the near future when they really realize that the, the system is just, it keeps collapsing. I mean, it's not getting better. It's just getting worse and worse. So um, I think that's the reason why we need to keep building. So we we are ready once the families are ready to to jump out of the system and to, you know, so you can be there. Yeah, that was my question around the committee. I am, what are the developments as you are, maybe I'm, I'm not trying to stray away from the topic that we're having, but you are a part of the Comité de las Madres and you are also part of Integrarte. What are the recent developments around your two um, uh, advocacy groups as well as uh, just outside the box kind of groups? Because they're not really yeah. a part of the system. Yeah. yeah um... Okay, we, with the moms, we are we keep together, we keep meeting, having meetings. Um, basically, the homeschooling situation is 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 in this case it is an individualized choice, right? It's individual choice, and I think what is happening is that they are um, they are seeing it. I mean, is they are? I guess they are, even though they don't tell me anything, but they are seeing what what's happening, right? The kids, of course, I mean, some of the kids, they are not going to school. Sometimes they are skipping a school because the school, as I said, the school is short. It's just trash. You know, it's, it's boring and it's not safe. Teachers are not, same thing, the same story, right? Um, but they don't take the, 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 they don't take the final decision to say, okay, I'm going to do homeschooling. And what I'm hearing from especially from one of the moms is that we, because we don't have the resources, we cannot do that. And that was one of the, the statements at one of the meetings that we had. And I just said, okay, look, right now, I'm, I don't have those resources, but I'm doing it, right? And I understand it's different because I do have more. I I mean I might not have the economic and financial resources right now, but I do have other resources because I know I I have university studies, so I can I can I have those you know those kind of resources that also you need to have if you're going to be doing homeschooling. Um, but I just told her, look. That's the reason why I keep working on building this learning community, because not having the financial resources doesn't mean that we cannot do it. We can do it, and we have to do it, but we need to do it as a community. And that's the reason why I keep working and pushing for this. And um, 
I keep working on, you know, step by step. I know it's a long process, it's a slow process, but step by step, keep building the work of Integrarte because that was the beginning. And um, I just have to keep doing that and I'm doing that. And part of it is the new program at the Secret Garden that we are going to be doing. Um, and the moms, of course, want to do that. I mean, we are happy that we are going to be planting medicinal herbs and we will be learning about ancestral medicine. And, you know, during the time that we are there, Andy will be with us um, doing tutoring and learning this new way of learning, of free learning. So, because we do have the more experienced person that have had been already working in Oaxaca about um, this uh, autonomous learning. So, some people are more advanced in this, some people have more experience, but we all are learning because we have been in the system for 200 years. I mean, it's, we just need to be constantly checking ourselves and it, it's it's just, you know, it's for the rest of your life that you're going to be unlearning and learning. It's just that you need to realize what it is, what you are, the product of the system, and, you know, what is that they made with case what they did with you, what you have been part of the conditioning that we have been subjected to, and how to get out of that. I just wanted to press on one thing you said just a minute or a couple minutes ago about like having university education being necessary. And I, I think I know what you mean. I, I understand why that would be helpful, especially in the beginning, like trying to create this transition and build what yeah. you're trying to build. But I, I guess I want to like maybe challenge that a little bit. Like do do parents really need that? I mean, for the vision the parents, that you're talking the, the about. The parents don't need that, but for someone that does not have any resources, I mean, other parents that do not have that, but they have the money, they are not teaching their kids. I mean, they are not helping the kids. They are paying someone else that is is basically providing the that what the, the kids need. They don't need that. But the thing is that you really need to understand several, I mean, in my case, I was able to understand all how the system is working basically because, of course, because I wanted to understand, I wanted, I was looking for that information. I was looking for the people I was looking for, for that. But in, 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 the, in my case, in my own personal case, by the training that I had as, um, as a pharmacist, back in my country and I did learn how to work uh, using the the scientific method that helped me to basically that's helping those skills are helping me right now to do what I'm doing right now because it's, it's just a mindset that I have because I have been working with experimentation because I have been working in a lab so those kind of things are the things the skills that are helping me right now I'm not saying the parents need to have that, but it's just something that's helping me right now. 
and I do understand that not a, any mom in, 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 you know, part of the community, they are going to do that because they don't have those skills that I did learn and all the experiences that I was looking for it, right? They don't have it. So, of course, they are not going to be able to do it alone. So they that's the reason why, um, you know, I keep saying we need to be building a learning community. So if we are part of a learning community, a parent doesn't need to learn. It doesn't need to know that. And they, they will be bringing other skills. They will be bringing other experiences. But this is the transition that we are living right now. This is a transition time. And we are basically building it, right? So that's that's what I'm saying. Um, not that the parents need to have that. It's just that right now that's been very useful for me that I'm doing this right now. And I guess it's more of a comment to this conversation because um, it sounds from what you're describing there that um, the learning is not just for the kids. You know, it's for the parents. It's for the community. And so, and like you mentioned before, there's different people at different stages with different skills. Because like I know, for example, college educated people that don't know shit about farming. Exactly. <laughs> they know all about like growth and growing stuff naturally because of the ancestral knowledge that they can teach that, right? But yep. it's, and I think part of the process is like unlearning these hierarchies, right? In, in a yep. society. Because like, as we know, in our system, certain things are rewarded and others are not, you know, other are, are like, you know, the knowledge of the field, right? You're not going to make money at all if you if you have that, you know, unless it's like a agro-business and stuff. But that's what, like, really catches my attention about this this project because, you know, and it does, you know, does require some people to get going. But I think there is also the aspect of empowering others who, because you, you mentioned before they are like, you know, when the COVID questioning was happening, right, the narrative, like in, I remember you mentioning that some people were looking up to you, right? Because you had the education and you were trying to like say, no, like it's, it's not just about that. Like, you know, like, and I think that's part of like this process. And it's, it's something that we have to navigate because like, yes, like in order to challenge the system, you, you do need some people that know how the system works. Um, but I mean, I think that's the sense that I'm getting. Like, this is a collective effort. And yes. Yes, exactly, and that's the only way that we, the, the the working people, can do it. Otherwise, we can't because the homeschooling is um a, a it's for you know the homeschooling families, the homeschooling people are is is the homeschooling movement here is very white and middle class people because they do have the resources so they can pay someone else that are going to be teaching their kids, right? We, it does not, that's not a model for us. We cannot have it. We, we cannot do that because we don't have the money to do it. And it's not, it's not what we want because sometimes, you know, homeschooling is just basically same thing that they are doing in school, just outside at home. And that's not what we want. We really want an alternative. We really want something different, and especially for the for the the descendants of the original people of the Americans, uh, we wanna we wanna have the knowledge of the ancestral of the ancestral 
I mean, basically the ancestral knowledge has to be part of our education, part of our learning. That, that is something that needs to be at the core of this. We have been discussing about that too, and that's something that we, we really want to. I have a question. I don't know if you want to you know, keep it here, but I am curious, you know, because I know you were having issues, right, with your job when this whole COVID thing happened. And, yeah. then, and you know, like, in order to do these things, you know, in order to do research, in order to do, it does require, you know, some uh, the time, right? It does require energy. And, you know, depending on your level of, or your ability to have an income, you know, that would impact how much you can participate in, in, in this stuff. And yep. you know, how have you managed that, you know, and uh, like, you know, how much of a barrier is this to other people? And I guess what I'm saying is that in my view, there is no way to, you know, just focus on that because there's other things that influence with it. You know, you can build some a community like this, right? Because uh, so one, I guess, how have you navigated, you know, this period in your life? You know, maybe if you can share where you're at now and you know, in the, are these conversations had, you know, regarding the people who are not there maybe at the moment in these spaces? Yes, that's a really good question. So that's, that's the reason um, I'm going to answer to that question. And this is actually the reason uh, why I told one of the moms who was, saying that because we don't have the resources, we cannot do it. this. Because right now I am the, the, the example of, yes, we can do it. I have to, I have to work. I'm working part-time. I'm working at night some days. And I'm working during the weekends. And it's really, really hard stuff. But I'm doing it. Um, so no one can tell me that we cannot do it because I'm doing it. And it's really, really tough. And, you know, I'm trying to just, just keep um, thinking about what, what else we can do. How can I, can I um, basically generate the income to keep doing this? And that's the reason why I'm saying step by step. And even though it's a very slow process, um, getting into the the I have been doing the work and I and everything that I'm doing is just going to the direction of keep building the, the work for Integrarte because that's 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 my goal to start working full-time on that because the, the work of Integrarte is basically the organizing community organizing the tutoring the art the music for for the community so it is hard and I, I, as I told you, I didn't know what, how is this is going to be and how am I going to do it when I started, but I'm doing it. I mean, I'm working at night some days and I'm working during the weekends. And we are also, you know, trying to create a business. I mean, we are thinking we are doing some kind, some, some things here and there. Um, and once again, this is, Again, the reason why we really need to be building a community because I know that's one of the barriers for the working families. They cannot just say, I'm not gonna work and I'm gonna be homeschooling because if we don't if we do that, we are not gonna have money to pay the rent, the money for the food, the money for I mean, we, we won't be able to survive. But if we do it as a community, 
is completely doable. Yeah. And I, um, I'm meeting people that had experiences doing this work, but again, back in Latin America. So I guess because I have been looking and looking and I actually meeting that people, meeting the, the, the people. We might not be many people, but I think we already have a good group of people that we can have a team to start working with this. Yeah, I have a question for you that you brought up Latinos and African-Americans. What would you say is more connection for you? Is it like, do you see more when you said you work with other uh, families that were homeschooling, were they, do you, were, you said that they had differences. We had differences. Do you see yourself more alliance with them as a worker or you see your difference in being Latina and being Ecuadorian is your which identity is I guess where you stand by uh, when you are seeing yourself in spaces when you're doing political action I guess the main difference is, is about the the being a worker being from the working class you know, the other families are from the middle class and, and then they are very friendly. They are very nice. I, I have been sharing spaces with them. They are very welcoming, but we just have different needs. And and that's, that's you know, it, I, I think I see where we can work together and we can, we could be, you know, and I think it's important to do those, those to open those spaces and to have those communities together. I think it could be something that we really need to do or work. Um, but it's, it's the, the main differences are the needs. We have different needs and we really need to be working on meeting our needs first. And they, they sometimes don't have those needs. So that's, that's, there's a kind of a gap there. We can, we can share spaces, we can be in the meetings, we can have, you know, yeah, we, we can be together sometimes, but we cannot really work together. Maybe once we have the community, the learning community, and we have some programs developed, they will be happy to come and, and enjoy the programs, some of the programs, but we, we, I don't see really building together with them. Not right now. Um, I mean, and to be specific about it, I guess, and, and this came up, we, Dea talked with some folks from the National Coalition for Health Integrity who were working around the homeschooling stuff. Um, and while they while they were in connection with with some families who were Spanish speakers or from Central or South America, um, it it did seem that the resource question was a little different for the families they were working with than the one that the ones that Dea were. At the same time, it does appear like that. Uh, one of the people at the NCHI did have uh, a, like a curriculum that was around that could be potentially used in the spirit, the spirit garden. Yeah. Secret garden. Secret, secret garden. Um, and, and so that I think is the possibility, there's possibilities of sharing of resources for education to be shared 
Um, but I do think there it does seem that there's what what I would say is is that I think that group NCHI will learn from Dea's experience of this organizing that she's doing in this because I think they just don't know because they're not in the same place. I would I would disagree with Dea when you say that um, that they're hiring tutors. Like most of these families are all doing very similar things to what you're doing, which is they're they're educating their own kids for the same reason that you are. Is they maybe they come more from the right wing perspective, but they see mm-hmm. schools as indoctrination camps that they wanted to get their children out of. Um, and there was the question of the medical stuff from for some of these families as well. Um, but I think the one thing that they had was maybe a sense of, well, the kind of internal comp- enough internal confidence to say, because they had been partially educated from the system to say, I can give, I can leverage that to, to give my, 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 my own child a boost. But I, I think the difference here is really that framework that you talked about, about saying that we're all learners. Now, if you come from that framework where we're all learners, then it's kind of, I agree with Jessica. Then that question of whether you have an educate a formal education or not disappears actually. And then it's like, well, what do we want to learn? Because okay. maybe our children or the people with that's, that are our kids are making more advances in math. So they come back and teach the parent, you know, on some of those things because but it's an exploration nevertheless and so how do we find the resources to learn the things we want to learn and how do we decide what we want to learn um and that's where i do think the the real thing that's missing in my opinion is something that's actually missing in in not just an educational thing i i feel like it's it's exist it's missing in the in some of the freedom communities altogether which is the idea that we are going we are going to have to decide to do this on our own we are going to have to decide to build something of our own. And I think across the board, there is a lack of confidence that we can do that. So we still find ourselves staring at, you know, Web3 or staring at FTX or staring at these various things that are happening in the world and trying to understand them. And but while at the same time being paralyzed from like one of the biggest things I heard from some of the luminaries was we spent we, we, we got away from looking at all the bad shit that was happening and started to decide what do we need to do for ourselves? And that, I think, is the kind of move that I think is actually still a struggle in all the places I've been organizing. And I'm still struggling to make that move myself. But that's mm-hmm. where I do think people have to move to. And, and that's not just for the families you're working with. I think that's across the board within the working class, the middle. Everyone who's, trying, who's facing this lacks the confidence to believe we can, we can build an alternative collectively. Well, there's a million reasons not to do it, you know, and I, I really appreciate Dale, like the way that you, like you're, you recognize the class divide, right? Like even between some of these, you know, I'm assuming white middle-class families and then working class black and black and brown families. But at the same time, you're like, I'm not going to just, sit around and like bathe in excuses you're like I'm I'm doing it so it can be done and I think yeah that really speaks to the the confidence thing that I think Andy's um speaking to because I agree I mean and I I think that's the case in so many different areas it's not just education where it's like we're all talking about how like we want a different system and maybe we can even envision it but there's always like a thousand reasons why you can't do it um, in that moment. So 
yeah, not a question, but super cool. I think too, like with the tutoring and stuff, I mean, I don't know. I, I have have had a little exposure to, um, homeschooling. And I think, I mean, in the long run, it's going to be better because like you, you don't want to just end up like recreating us, you know, a, a version of what already exists and maybe it has like some freedom flair to it. Right. But like the, this idea of like, Oh, well we can do it at home. We can do it outside the institution, but like, we'll just have like a math tutor from eight to nine and then we'll have a science tutor from nine to 10. Right. And like you end up just between the scheduling and the class divide and the credentials and then all the state oversight, right. Which is more heavy handed in some place than others. Like I, I do happen to know Washington um, is, is one of the toughest States in terms of like, they make it really hard. You can do it. Like you said, um, people do it, but I know like that stuff's a barrier, but yeah, I mean like, it makes it hard in the short run, but in the long run, I think it's going to be better whatever you end up building because it's not going to just be like a sort of poor imitation of this horrible institution that already exists. Yeah. The main, um, the main difference of having the kids at system and having the kid out of the system is is this um is the conditioning i mean this is basically the the first step and it takes really long time people said that it will take probably a year for um a kid to completely kind of change and get rid of what uh, the mindset that they are having at school or the schooling thing is they they lose the creativity they lose basically they are losing the identity and they they learn to do things that they are being told to do if no one is telling them what to do they don't do anything because they don't have the initiative they don't have the creativity it's gone so the, 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 what is the freedom education or the freedom to learn is basically to learn what you what you like, what you want. If you do not do what you like, what you want, then you are not learning. You are just repeating wherever you need to repeat or wherever you are being told. But you are not learning. And this, this is basically the conversations that we have with my kid because sometimes my kid is telling me, and he has told me, I'm, I'm, I'm not learning anything. I probably will be learning more if I could be at Everett School. I'm not learning anything. And then we have these conversations and we have these debates and it's like, I, I told him, okay, whatever you you were giving at school, you don't remember anything right now, right? So you, don't, you didn't learn anything and you wouldn't be learning anything there because you didn't even have teachers that were going to school. Most of the time you were just running through the halls at school. And it's like, you know, you're, you're right. But he's already, 
he's already you know so many years it takes years uh, and and he has so many years of being at school that he already thinks that he's learning when he has a teacher in front of them and he is just being told what to do that's learning for him but that's not learning so it takes a while for you to to find the ways and find the the, the ways you learn and the ways they learn because each one of us are learning in our own unique ways and finding that that's basically our job and it is, is as Andy said I need to learn how to learn basically right and it's basically finding your own way finding your own unique way and it's finding what is that you like And, you know, even adults are looking for that and they pay for coaches and they pay for, you know, it's basically that's, that's what it is. I got to um, help out, guys. I'm sad yeah. to get into this, um, but this was awesome. And I can't wait to listen to the, the end of it. Bye, Jess. Bye, guys. Take care. See you Bye. Soon. Thank you, Jess. Um, I've fostered a child, a former student uh, that went to public school and then went to a charter school, and then went to a private school, Catholic school, and then uh, and then a Christian private school, and finally decided to homeschool the last two years, and we went abroad. Uh, and so I relate a lot to what you say there when you say that your child kind of has this desire to go back to public school because of his friends, and then also saying like, well, what am I learning at home? You know, it's this constant struggle as well with your relationship with your child. And in my case, it was the socialization aspect that was really important. The peer pressure, this hanging out with peers and then different methods I had to try, whether it was a charter school, whether it was elementary school, the elementary school, well, that was before me, that whether it was a private school and then homeschooling. And it was different things I had to try out where we eventually went to England and we stayed with people who were um, part of like a freedom movement as well, but they were called the unschooling um, movement. And I just know that I learned over time and maybe you'll discover this, maybe you can share from this, whatever comes up for you as I'm sharing, Dea, that what I found was the education by the standards of public education, I decided not to follow, which was more important for me Reading, not because reading was important to meet a standard, but reading material such as reading novels and reading uh, a political work, political pieces, reading articles, watching documentaries, writing about that, having critical thinking skills, and then doing maths, but not doing math because of meeting a standard. We would do math like for like real on the ground. What is a percentage of a tip that you have to give and what does that mean like giving tips outside because in Europe you don't give tips versus in the USA you do and in Latin America like talking about those things and using on real life skills that for me was most important I, I later found that to be more important for um for for my charge rather than trying to meet a curriculum which was to me impossible which I later found, I tried so hard. And so I just props to you, Dea, for 
for attempting this in whichever way. And it's a, it is a journey. Anybody who is raising a child, another human being, a little person, as I say, it's just a challenge. And I find this with my nephew every day that we read. It's not reading because of something that he has to do at school. It's we read these books. Like right now I have this anarchist book um, that he has to read with me. He doesn't have to, but we do this together. And it's like searching stuff up at the library. Uh, and you know, like here's like not following rules and stuff. Like it's constant assessing of what you're going to help your child, right? Like to for them to sort of pick out what how they want to learn along the way. That is a challenge then. I just commend you so much and any person who is doing this and judging or whatever, I've just learned you just, you have to find your way with your child. It is a challenge. And yeah. I struggled a lot in trying to balance it out in connecting with other families that would later drop us. Not because I feel they didn't like us, but because they just couldn't keep up with us on like the journey of, independence learning or me wanting to take them outside of SF and travel abroad with going out or even just going to another state and exposing them to things or taking them to 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 protest. I would take Saul to a lot of protests and skipping school for that and people I getting in trouble for it. It was just constant judgment. So any parent, any uh caregiver, any guardian, I is I just it is a challenge. So I'll keep up the good work and you'll find your way there. You'll find your way, you know, yeah. and I yeah. Don't follow and you, that comes up for you. Yeah. I don't follow curriculums. That's <laughs> so I, I'm safe. I'm saving my time and my frustration. I don't follow curriculums. <laughs> <laughs> and one question I would have then, and this sort of follows off of what Eduardo just said is, now it's been almost, it's like just over three months now that your son has been in a different schooling, ex educational experience than what he was all previously. Yeah. Um, this might, I have two questions. One, how would you assess what the effect has been on your son? And how would your son assess the, the what this experience has been on them? Like, uh, and how would those differ and how would they be alike? For me... I guess um, the um, the assessment that I have for him, how he's doing in terms of the emotional part more than anything, mm -hmm. is through the art. When I see him playing more music <clears throat> and um, kind of creating more, when I see him painting, uh, drawing, I mean, picking up again what he really loved to do before the pandemic, because during the pandemic, they were basically, they were forced to be on the screen so much that they stopped doing everything, all, everything that is very creative, right? So that's that's one of my ways to, to, to assess on the emotional part and how he feels. Of course, he really, I think he missed the the socialization part but he is I, I guess for, to compensate that um, as soon as he, he knows that his friends are out of school after 
after when the, when they are um, getting off earlier from school or during the weekends, he's the one that's organizing his friends. He's the one that is organizing them to go out, to do things. I mean, he's the one that's having the initiatives. He's the one that is basically leading. You know, he, when he does project, he is bringing all the, the friends together. So he has the friends following him and doing doing things. He has that socialization. But but I can see that he really um, wants to be, of course, wants to be with friends and with, with more kids around. Um, and for myself, I mean, seeing him happy is in this but is my sign. I mean, I know that I am doing the right thing. And when I hear when I when I hear more parents what is happening and when I hear the cases of violence that are happening at schools, that's a, another sign for me that I am doing the right thing because I don't have to worry about that, that anymore. When I see the data, the recent data about math and English, you know, that's, I know that's the time that I'm spending with my kid helping him to do some progress that could be more than if he could be at school. Because at school, I couldn't know what he's really doing it, and he's, he's just wasting the time. And another way to assess is how much I, I am learning myself. Yeah. And then right now, we are, as, as uh, Eduardo said, for writing, you know, for English, it's hard because I myself have to keep learning English, right? How I, I cannot teach English. I have to keep learning English. So we have some science magazines and he, what we are doing every day is picking an article. He picks one and I picked one and we start just writing about the article, copying it right now. And then through that we are learning and then we are sharing what he's learning, what about his articles and what about my article about the science. Um, yeah, and by, by looking for more resources, listening to other people, documentaries videos i mean i think we are I mean, it, what the system is doing what they the, the the government were trying to do and they are forcing to have the education um digital education if you take the education on your own hands if you choose this path it can be very um liberating because you can choose to learn what you want to learn. And you can use all the tools that we have now, even the digital tools to learn what you want and combine the digital tools with everything that you can find in the community. I mean, it just is an opportunity that can really open many doors to, to you to keep learning, right? I'm curious about, um what you think about this journey you know like uh, where you've been where you're at now like did, did you expect to be doing this right now you know like in terms of your kids education uh you know like how much did these last three years two and a half years you know um or were you always you know questioning sort of the system yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I always was questioning the system. I mean, that was basically the reason why I started Integrarte, but it was starting with the Spanish. You know, the 
the commitment to have my kid being bilingual, to learn Spanish as uh, his first language. And then about the Latin American culture, I mean, I didn't want him to lose his um, his connection with his roots with myself, right? Because I have seen what the impact of that is. I have seen what happens with the kids, with the Latino kids that are losing that they don't they don't have the language, they don't have the culture anymore. The damage that and, and the negative impact that that has, I didn't want that for him and for myself. So it started right there. And then the reason, and also the reason for me doing all of that is because I really wanted to be there all the time in this process. When I came here at the beginning, I just, I, I couldn't understand why if we have a biggest community, the biggest community here, a, a super big community, Latino community, and we only have 2% of the Latinos going to the university level, right? It's like, what, what's going on? What, what happens? I mean, I know we are not, it's not that we are not intelligent. It's not that we cannot do it. What is that is happening here? And obviously it's the system that is keeping us there. But how? I didn't understand how. Now I know. Now I know because basically I was with my kid going through every, you know, step of the process and learning about the education system. And as Andy said, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, it's just basically, you know, completely exposed. And if you don't want to see it, it's just, you know, it's just you because they were completely exposed on what they are doing. It's a segregation system that has been in place. You know, so I'm definitely listening. You know, this means a lot to me, um, to us, uh, for our future, you know, considering um, where we think this world is going. And so, you know, I've told you this before in a previous show. You remind me a lot of <laughs> mom, my aunt, and, you know, and, and, and so I'm listening and I'm looking forward to learning from your lessons and maybe being part of a community in the future. Um, thank you for sharing your, your thoughts and you know, really appreciate it. And I mean, yep, that's the reason why we move things. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I think we'll probably revisit this when we get the program with that secret garden stuff moving along and we see how it goes and then we'll we'll come back and talk about it. Sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to And for writing, I just recommend letter writing. It always helps. I always feel like, oh, someone's going to look at my work. And I started <laughs> my nephew with just uh, finger painting his hand onto a postcard paper and sending it off. And then now he's writing letters slowly. Um... So anyhow, that's just something I, little things. I, I'm curious to know how it goes for you, Dea, and you keep sharing with us. We're going to connect. I got your message there. Um, so we're going to connect. I really do appreciate this conversation. It's been enlightening. And uh, I'm also glad that Andy is uh, working alongside with you. And thank you very much for sharing with us on what's left. Yeah, thank you very much for having me again, okay? All right. And then I remind people that today is the day on the 21st of November that um, the occupation of Alcatraz uh, happened by Native Americans uh, on the island. 
in, I forget what year. This is in my calendar somewhere. But anyhow, I saw that on the date. So this week, um, I think um, they're going to be the Alcatraz uh, occupation ceremony uh, on Treasure Island. If, uh, on Alcatraz Island, if anyone is interested in, in the Bay Area. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode. <clears throat> What's left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes for you from this episode or on our blog at what-s-left.webno.com. You can find past episodes uh, to this podcast channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you've heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. Uh, you can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes for you from this episode. Uh, if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. Uh, and you can find our social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZPKE on Instagram and Jess's uh, Twitter handle as at JHomie89. Um, that's it. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-hosts Jessica, Kenny Cepeda, and Andy Lipson. Thank you very much, Lea, for joining us. And we'll see you all next time. Ciao. Sure. Ciao.